Welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. My name is Tamara, and I'm a full-time barrister, part-time model. With me on the sofa is Alex Boardman, and I'm going to teach him everything. Alex, wake up! Alex, wake what? up! Oh, Keo. Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Bowman, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. Well, he's back. (laughs) 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 As if it was... Um, as if it as if never it was in it. any doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a bit like, I don't know the best way to describe it. Almost like, you know, like an organ grinder. I don't know which one I'd be in this. I was going to say it <laughs> has sacked the monkey, realises the monkey's the best one, but I don't know if you're the organ grinder and I'm the monkey. Yeah, yeah. And the monk. But anyway, you're, you're basically, you are the podcast. And... <laughs> uh, Thank you to Natalie Hustdan for doing that. Um, really, that was just good, wasn't it? Yeah. I've got to listen to that privately. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, Natalie is available for uh, voiceover work, and um, I'll put her link on. But all comedians listening, listening will know who she is. So, last episode, we talks about criminal damage we basically what had happened was the your lot just stop oil my lot yes you firmly became one of them (laughs) um just stop oil had thrown what did they they weren't the mashed potato they were the tomato soup they were the tomato soup tomato soup on the sunflowers um and we worked out you worked out basically they probably just damaged a frame yeah. And they would have to pay for the cost of cleaning up that frame. Well, the, 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 there's going to be a trial in December about yes. the criminal damage of the frame, yeah. So we'll, maybe we'll revisit it then and find out well, what happened. God, I hope not. <laughs> um, because I listened to it on the way to somewhere like Hull. All right, so some, yeah. like a proper... So you're in the right frame of mind. proper city, like a proper, yeah, a proper place where people are real. <laughs> and I was just listening and I was going, oh, Keo, this is Pete Keo just <laughs> being on the side of the tomato soup. Well, anyway, was it in Germany? So we speculated what other, what would you damage? What's the top artists? What's the most famous works of yeah, art to damage? Yeah. And I think Monet came, was it pretty, pretty high water, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water Lilies by Monet was up there. We talked about Monet and the Mona Lisa, didn't we? Yeah, you said Mona Lisa's number one, and I agree with that. And then we think Picasso's number one artist, but he's not got that. You said he's not got an iconic image that people would go. You, you would sort of see a, a, a Picasso and think, certainly one of his cubist ones, and go, yes, that's a Picasso. Yeah, but, but you, you wouldn't, wouldn't go. See, you wouldn't know the name of it. Or no. Yeah. Square. Yeah, Man. yeah. <laughs> woman Back crying. To woman, woman crying because of something I've done. It's probably yes. what they all should be. <laughs> um, and then, anyway, so we predicted that they would do a money, and then they did a money, possibly in Copenhagen or somewhere. It was in, in Ger- it was in Germany. Well, Copenhagen's not in Germany, is it? Oh, it's in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> did we talk about Copenhagen? No, Copenhagen was a cruise. I've been offered a. Oh right, yeah, that's a, a different cruise. thing. All right. 
Um, yeah, been offered Norway. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the three mash this time, mash on a money. Yeah. It's kind of quite cool. Yeah. Uh, and already, as I predicted, people are absolutely livid with them and they're just doing the calls. No good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who it was who did that in Germany. Like, who, there, there were environmental protesters, but I don't know what the German equivalent of just stop oil is. Uh, no, I don't. Ak tung oil. Yeah, I was yeah. going to be, gonna you, be you, vaguely you, racist. Vaguely some racist a little racist brain. I, I saw the little <laughs> glint in your eye where you think, I am going to currently inhabit it. Von Smallhausen from Hello, Hello. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, what we should be up to, because we're going to follow on from criminal damage, and, well, we were going to just start probably doing criminal damage, weren't we? Yeah. If we were doing it properly. But I'm guessing we're not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. the, the force is strong with this one. But, um, no, no, yeah. So, well... You see, I was going to do just like, let's go back, to, let's, let's do things in, in obvious order. But then stuff keeps happening, doesn't it? Yes. So what, what's happened in this last week is that people have decided that people aren't interested in throwing soup at paintings anymore. No. Nope. It's all gone. Um, and what's happened is that people decided to get out the old anti-immigration bandwagon and get that started up again for everyone to jump on yes. just in time for Christmas. You know, that it seems to be... For Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what we might do over the next few weeks, actually, is give you some sort of stock answers that you can give to maybe elderly relatives where you might see over the festive <laughs> period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they have views about such things that aren't necessarily based on facts, we can give you some sort of, like, stock phrases to chuck out in the pub or whatever, you know, yes. or over Christmas dinner even, you know. Well, I follow um, Nigel Farage. Do you follow him on Twitter? Twitter? Well, I don't, I don't know if I follow him, but I see him all the time. He yeah, he keeps popping up, doesn't he? I don't think I do follow him, but exactly like your Just Stop Oil lot, I don't think I'd see anything right-wing. I wouldn't be very aware of how annoying Jacob Rees-Mogg is, for instance. Unless yeah. 20 of my friends kept going, oh my God, look at what he's look done Look at the state of what he's done now. <laughs> Wait, don't give him any more publicity. <laughs> I wasn't really aware of very much he did ever, really. It's <laughs> a really, I don't know, it's a good, it's a good tactic. We should, we should try and employ these tactics Do you think to get the, this the podcast bigger. Of, of um, marketing. Yeah, basically. PR and... It's you just, know, it's, it's like, um, like Al Ron Hubbard, isn't it? Have you ever seen there's oh, a good yeah, bit of yeah, like... Yeah. Doug Stanhope does a real good routine about the Occupy. Remember the Occupy movement? It seems like a million years ago. Yeah, he does, Occupy yes. Wall Street and they sort of were yeah. outside St. Paul's, weren't they, as well? Mm. Uh, I think we mentioned him in a case, a bit of case, or we did a few episodes ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he sort of said that, he said what you need to do is, like, they always have the wrong tactics, these people. Like, even though you think, oh, actually, th what they're trying to do is good. Yeah. Like, what, you know, they're against big banks or they're against the oil industry, you know. But the tactics they use are always wrong. And what they need to do is study the tactics of baddies and yes. use those. And do what Elron L. Ron Hubbard was able to effectively create a religion and sell it to adults. You know, not indoctrinating kids with religion like, organize, like, like the more sort of traditional religions do. But he was able to sort of sell them this myth, you know, like, and, and think you need to just use his tactics, like, you know, create like a, a myth, you know, mythology around what you're doing. Um, complete abuse of the legal system, yeah. you know, all of those things. Well, they and, really and work. do it all they? there. He said, because, you know, Alan Hubbard didn't have in his thing? 
drum circles like, <laughs> they don't provide any good for anyone you know and that was yeah, and that was his thing yeah, you know but so there's a good there's a good point to, to re- it, yeah. well i see starmer get criticized constantly for not standing up to the current government and you kind of a bit like oh, i do understand the tactic of doing nothing because it's worked <laughs> so brilliantly there's no way he could have got like a 32 point lead or whatever no, no, by, by saying anything exactly you know, the thing you'd have to do to get that popular on your own back would have to be like, right, a kid falls into the Thames, you take your top off and you're ripped, you jump in, you rescue it, it crocodile's about to eat him, you kill the crocodile, come out, and then Kylie Minogue gives you a big kiss and you end up going out. You'd have to do all these kind of things. Yeah. And that's not really... Achievable, <laughs> no, because I've no. tried it. None of those things work in, in, in this economy. There's no way you're doing that. Is there? <laughs> crocodiles in the Thames, no <laughs> cockney crocodiles, no one there. Like, I'll give you the time of day. <laughs> um, so what what are we doing? All right, so so what's happened there? I think we're, we're going to revisit our old friend asylum and oh. refugee law, and you know, because did you ever finish it last time in the old abandoned? Like Scooby Doo no. podcast episode. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> didn't no, didn't quite get around to finishing it. So right. we're gonna revisit it because it keeps coming around all well, Let's this just sort of start stuff, again. Let's yeah, just yeah, do it sure again. We're gonna do it again. So it's for so for today's episode, and we're gonna explain the background of why or the context in which we're doing this is that over the last week there's been a few quite sort of horrifying stories surrounding um refugees and asylum seekers and how they're being treated both by the government um, or rather, the private companies that the government gives uh, yeah. the contracts to, um, and and also there was there was a you know there's a, there's an ongoing investigation into what appears to be a terrorist attack um, yes. against um, a detention centre in which some bloke, was it firebombed? Yeah, he he drove a 66 year old man drove like a hundred miles to Dover and firebombed a detention centre before setting himself on fire and killing himself. Wow. Yeah. So that's, where was he from? Uh, Buckinghamshire, somewhere in Buckinghamshire, I think. Oh, is it 100 miles? I suppose yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to Kent. To Kent, Kent yeah. Everywhere, think everywhere is at least 100 miles from Kent. Kent is so far, isn't it? <laughs> I did so. a gig in, well, not a gig, but a daytime thing, speaking at the University of Kent in Canterbury. And I'd been in York the night before for a gig, and I had to drive from York yeah. to, like, Gillingham, where I was staying in a hotel. I didn't get there until, like, half one in the morning. And then the day, then the day after... Because you think to... Gillingham's not far, wouldn't you? And then you still probably got another three hours. <laughs> yeah, so, it's my... well, it, it, so the day after, so I did. The, so I so I did the gig, like York to Canterbury, like the classic Archbishop double. Yeah. You know, like, and, then, <laughs> like, and then I went, and and then yeah, and and it took just forever to get there. And then I did the thing the ne- next day, which is speaking at the university. A lot, you know, like it was one of these very highbrow things that I see myself doing as opposed to sort of proper stand up. Yeah. You know? Quite like speaking at universities alongside. Robin Ince and people like that, you know. <laughs> but um, did that. But then the next day, it's only six and a half hours to drive back, like so, in one go- on a Sunday, you know. So anyway, Paul Hollywood lives in uh, Canterbury. Does he? I've been a, it's yeah. nice Canterbury, but it's, yeah, it's nice. But, but it's miles away it's from anywhere. So far, it's miles. There's a reason why they must have done pilgrimage there because it was, all, you know, you're not going to do a pilgrimage to somewhere that's just around the corner, exactly. Right? You know? Well, hundred. I mean, a hundred miles. So wait, if he's dead. It might be further than 100 so, miles. It's yes. a long way he drove. If he's, though, it's a lot of petrol. It's commitment as well. Yeah, yeah. It well, just in fuel costs fuel cost alone. And, 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 and for his Firebomb fuel costs. Exactly, yeah. He's already 100 quid dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's dead, so we can laugh at him. So he's dead, yeah. But there's um, an ongoing investigation, though, obviously. So then, yes. Right, okay. 
I think I, he's dead. What, I think what, he's dead. The investigation. Oh, is he dead? Hold on, let me just check. Will we see if there are other people involved? Yeah, and we'll also multi, multi teams and all that. Is there yeah. sort of safeguarding issues and stuff like that? Um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have a Google dismiss. So I wonder if you could actually charge the Home Secretary with incitement. Well, well, here is here's the thing. Probably, um, probably not. I would say. Well, no, because you couldn't like, get them on having the, the party the, yeah. when they're breaking their own lockdown rules. So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed himself afterwards. So he threw three petrol bombs attached to fireworks, and then reportedly killed himself afterwards. Wow. Two of the bombs went off, and a fourth was found in his car. So he's clearly gone there, equipped um, and ready to um, thing. Now there have been suggestions that sort of effectively governmental slash Tory anti-refugee campaign, which they are mm. definitely engaged in. Are we just glossing over the fact that there were fireworks? <laughs> I mean, it is the time, as yeah. terrible as it is, but what a, what a great image. <laughs> he was the only person who died, to be fair. <laughs> what so. a way to go. What a, what a, I mean, that's, it's a campaign for like, don't play with fireworks, kids. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> he stood there like, you know, make sure you wear gloves. Take me serious. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I love fireworks. <laughs> do you? I do, I genuinely do. You? The top... are, you, are you not sort of bored of them by nope. now? No. Top two. Well, the dog the dog can't hear very well now. So that was the only thing I didn't like about fireworks. But now the dog can't hear, I'm not bothered at Your all. Your dog's fine. Other dogs. Don't well, them. yes. So that's the only thing. I think they should be organised. Or else this is the oh, kind right, of thing okay. that happens. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you become radicalised. <laughs> <laughs> you become radicalised <laughs> with fireworks. <laughs> uh, also, homemade fireworks are, you know, when you do your own, it's a waste of 100 quid. Oh, because they're, ne they're never they're any crap. good, are they? Yeah, they're yeah. rubbish. The sort of ones that you can legally get hold of are, are rubbish. Pathetic, yeah. yeah. Um, but the top two events in the Halloween bonfire night are voluntary. So that's why I like them. Oh, right, yeah. So you don't have to... It's like Christmas, you just have to See, do it. I like Christmas. I hate Christmas. In theory... Well, yeah, I, don't, I, I can sort of see why people don't like it, mm. but I like it. My birthday is like two days after Christmas. Right, If any yeah. listeners want to send me presents, that's fine. Um, so for, that, that, for me, that whole time of year is like, this is when stuff happens that's about me. Yeah. And the rest of the year is just... Think oh, of the expense for like your parents, though, and yeah, your exactly. wife. yeah. That's miserable for but my Oh, yeah, like, none. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays. Um, but, yeah, well, exactly. I, I, I did used to get fobbed off with joint, joint yeah. presents. But I had to understand why that was now. Yes. You know what I mean? But also, I didn't know any difference. It didn't really bother me either. You know, it was fine. Never had a party because nobody was... Until well, he's going to want that. Christmas, hey, Boxing Day, hey. Keogh's Keo birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Little seven-year-old <laughs> Keogh sat there. Yeah. Can we have a Marxist birthday with you, Mummy? <laughs> no, Chris, you'll have a cake like everybody else. Can we not share it with the workers? <laughs> no, they're all off. Is, there, is this cake being shared, distributed evenly amongst everyone who contributed to its creation? Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, um... Until I got to be a teenager, then we used to have like decent parties because my mum and dad's house was oh, yeah, a proper full of booze, you know what I mean? Down so. the picket lines, <laughs> yeah. soup kitchen, <laughs> all the stuff teenagers like to do. <laughs> Thank you for this shovel, mummy. <laughs> a great present this is. Yeah, unwrapping my presents by removing the chains. <laughs> <from> <laughs> the oh, God. 
Oh, uh, there we go. Just to know, Will, still effectively this all came from laughing at fireworks, dude. <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> laughing at a terrorist. <laughs> laughing at firework terrorist. And, uh, yeah, and not... Which would we do? Are we a bit cowardly here? Would we do this if it was a more... A different kind of terrorist, shall we say? You might there might be reprisals. There might be reprisals. Um, I well, I would, as you know, I've I've taken the mickey of certain terrorist groups on stage. So yes, yeah. but not where they can find out where you live. No, no, but they could like they can. I am physically there in the room. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> but, but so. I, mean, I'd, I might have a look around and go. Oh, maybe I won't do that <laughs> yeah. bit tonight. Let's <laughs> you know, leave that one. To <laughs> so this terror. So, so yeah, go on. Sorry. Well, this terror guy, I was just trying to get us back on track whilst watching a couple of people on the street up to no good down at the bottom end. Up to no good? Yeah, it happens about this time. All right. What do you think they, they get do? up to no good. They're, so, they're not really, they won't do anything to us. My car's part in that. Yeah. Look, can you see him now running past? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, with his foot up. Yeah. Face down so we can't they see They go down him. that alley, there's another two coming now. And then a Volkswagen Golf will drive it's off a in a like, minute. A bit like... Dealing to me, do you think? It is. Well, they're, they're buying. Right. And to be honest, just keep some quiet, I suppose. Yeah. They bought it now, so there's nothing <laughs> else. Like. Maybe they're buying truffles. I watched a documentary about truffle hunters the other day. <laughs> Yeah, and all, like, <laughs> they look like truffle, well, the, if truffle you look heads, closely, the fingers are black. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it is. Well, I just spent eighteen grand on fungus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but all the truffle deals like went on in back alleys. All that it was cool. For an for you, truffle hunters, brilliant. Right. I'd, I'd probably give it to me. I just look out my window and watch, really the, really watch this, whatever they're buying. I, I was going to say heroin, but I don't think it's. I want you to watch Truffle Hunters on iPlayer and then tweet about it later on to show after this has gone out, this episode, and pro- and just accept that I was right. It's a really good documentary. Right, I'll watch it then. 17 minutes in, very little law has <laughs> happened. Which right. is best, really. <coughs> exactly. The, I keep telling you, the law's the rubbish bit. Well, I'm currently in between jobs, so, I, you know, I, I'm You've on holiday. You've got no standing. I'm no standing at all anymore. I'm, I'm neither a barrister nor... Well, I'm, I'm always a barrister. It's like being a Catholic. You can't, once, you, once you are one, you can't really Is leave. It? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm just not practising now. So, um, But... I'm uh, I'm I'm not I've not started my teaching job yet either, so I'm I'm nothing. You know what I mean? I've got right. I've got no standing in society. I've, I'm in. <clears> I'm, <throat> I'm about <throat> to be embroiled in a bit of an argument. Do you fancy writing me a letter? Yeah, uh, it's a it's a civil matter. But if you whack your old qualifications on the back <laughs> of the letter, because I'm going to get a legal, I'm going to get a, a letter from their solicitor. I think so. Really? You could write one back as if to say, "Back off." Yeah, yeah. we don't care. I can do that because I've yeah. done nothing wrong. All right. Um. Yeah, that'll so, be an episode in future. I'm saving it till there's an eight. Right, okay. An eight, cool. Right, cool. Till there's more. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> so, right, come on then. So right. this fellow's firebomb. Yeah, it's a firebomb. And then I mentioned before how there has been some suggestion that sort of like government rhetoric has yes. helped that. No, the very next day after this firebombing incident, uh, which is being investigated by the police as a as a terrorist attack. You know, so it's it, it is terrorism. Now. As you mentioned before, if this was an attack by certain other, by any, almost any other group of people, if it was a yeah. terrorist attack by Islamist terrorists or by Irish IRA, Republican yeah. terrorists or by Welsh separatists, yeah, did or they exist? Cornish, I know they exist. They used to set he... fire to like English like second houses, didn't they? Did I mean, they? Like, back, yeah, back in the day, it's something that does happen. Or Cornish separatists or whoever, anything that wasn't 
oh, actually, this person is complying with our view on, mm. on, on uh, immigration, that the government would be very, very quick, particularly this government, to point out this is a terrorist attack, there is no place for this in our society, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't do that. It took them a long time to say anything about it. And the very next day, the Home Secretary, who has other issues about, around her being in that role, having effectively resigned for a, a security link yeah. uh, on Which the Saturday. Five emails. Yeah. Five emails from a private account or to a private account right. from her work account. Yeah. Which means you're sending stuff that's not encrypted. Yeah. That could be of national and, security. And, and when, when you do all of your really data protection training in any, jo- any job at all that requires you to handle like... Um, uh, uh, you know any amount of data that's that's possibly you know we've got um what's the word sensitive information you um you very quickly learn that by sending things to other email accounts you're creating another version of that information mm. that is stored elsewhere and therefore can be accessed so if, if people don't seem to get that they seem to think it's just the same thing but it's like every time you send it somewhere there's just end up with multiple copies of of the information everywhere that people can get hold of right. for various reasons so that's why you shouldn't send it to a private account, to, to your personal I was getting worried um, then, and account. then I thought, oh, hang on, I don't have any. There's <laughs> nothing I've got. <laughs> but it's like, you, but you wouldn't, you know, like, so if, if, you, if you send it to a personal, actually, why you shouldn't send it to a personal thing? Because it's not got the same uh, protections as yeah. you would hope a central government, you know, device would. Um, and you've just got a separate copy of it there. So it remains on the government server. And then there's also another copy on this other server as well. So that's why you shouldn't do it. So it, it's a massive failure. Like it's, a, it's a data breach is what it is. But yeah. Um, so yeah. she resigned. She resigned. That, and then she, and then she came back within a week. <coughs> <you know? laughs> Excuse me. It's like people had longer <laughs> off work for a cold, you know what I mean, than, yeah. than for, as the home secretary, a, a data breach. So, so there are all sorts of reasons why, it's, so just to be certain, you know, we're talking about Suella Braverman as well. Mm. Now she also, before she resigned, she came out with, the, she was the tofu-eating, guardian-reading, left-leaning, walkerati, was what, how she described people, I mean, you described <laughs> me. I was like, finally, I've got some recognition in the <laughs> House of Commons, you know. Um, and, so she's quite. She's she's one of the key sort of culture warriors. No, she carried on in that van. She came back, and the day after there's been this, what is when you can now probably say called a terrorist attack, um, she referred to um, effectively there being an invasion on the south coast, and mm. she was referring to people coming, the people coming over in small boats across the channel, uh, many of whom are seeking asylum and a refuge, you know, and are therefore refugees and or asylum seekers. And I thought, and then obviously that's triggered a great deal of um, discussion on social media. And I was in the pub yesterday and heard some um, some older chaps with their views on it all, and their views were, frankly, absolute horseshit. And it was all, uh, you know, I was in a lot of lip biting to not go off and tell them <laughs> what I actually thought. And I thought maybe the country needs still educating on the differences between, you know, economic migrants, um, refugees, asylum seekers... Um, and also, you know, let's have a look at some of the sort of facts around this. So there's an idea that, for example, everyone can over in small boats, uh, this invading army of Albanians. Um, so there's a suggestion, for example, that um, Albanian people can't possibly be refugees because there's not a war in Albania. Mm. Now, the idea that there has to be a war for you to be a refugee is so wrong as to be laughable because actually, if you look at the definition of a refugee, which we are going to do in a minute, Lots of people that are coming from war zones don't necessarily qualify as refugees in the in the in this illegal sense of, of the term. Um, as in, they're not fleeing a war zone, but they are fleeing 
But as in, as in people, people just fleeing a war zone. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Mm. But people just, just fleeing a war zone don't necessarily fit into the definition of refugee. Uh, because a refugee has a very sort of like specific definition. So they are probably displaced people because of conflict, but they're not necessarily refugees. So this idea that, oh, there's no war in Alberta, how can there be refugees, actually shows that you don't understand what refugees are, if that makes sense. Yes, well, let's find out. So let's find out. So I thought we'll just do a little quick, so we'll start off this episode. It's a quiz. Let's do a quiz. We'll do a quick refugee quiz. Refugee quiz. Who is a refugee? That is, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, so I'm going to sort of... Peter gonna, Shilton weighed in today. Oh, uh, God, I bet he had a well sort of... Well, do you know well reasoned position like he does on most. His things. position was he says something like, "Okay, sorry if I'm being thick here, but how I, do I, these?" I'm going to say he probably is being thick here. <laughs> yeah. How do these people, if they can't afford to live, how do they afford to pay the criminal gangs to get over in the boat in the first place? That was his. What's what sort of a question is that? <laughs> that was his. So <laughs> that was his thing. Honestly, Peter Shilton is an absolute fucking idiot. Like, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, I, I cannot stand the bloke. And the it's replies sort of like, were really funny because the replies were from like people like, um, let's say, uh, human rights lawyer or a barrister, such thing, and saying, "Just to let you know, Peter, you used to be a great goalie, but you're an absolute thick as <laughs> They they basically they 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 give everything they have. Whatever, however little that is to the criminal gang with the promise of paying them for the next decade that yeah. they will never get out Because of. that's what trafficking is. They're being sort of exploited at the other yeah. end. It's sort of like working for one of the big talent agencies. Think of the trip across the channel as being Edinburgh. You know what yeah. I mean? that's the... Somebody else put something like, uh, sorry for Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham. Uh, it was my first game. I was nine. Or something like that. That was the next comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Peter. You know. <laughs> so you must, just must be really weird to be Peter Shilton and like receive all these people giving you abuse and they go, read that next one. Go, well, these tweets are working. Definitely <laughs> up in my profile. The thing is, is though, they will get him, <clears throat> as we said at the beginning of the podcast, it will work. He will get after dinner work because of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone should be saying, so, Peter, I'm not interested in your Any views questions? about... Any questions? Yeah. Maradona not, not about Maradona. Oh, hands go down. How did you manage to get out jumped by someone who's five foot five seven? Foot four. <laughs> five foot four. Five foot four? That's what somebody said today. Well, the one thing that Peter Shilton had going for him, he was tall and he could jump high and catch, catch yeah. a football. That was literally his entire skill set. His job involved around that. And he got out jumped by a bloke who's five foot four. Okay. So I'm not interested in what he's got to say about the current sort of <laughs> migration issues in the world. Um, so, yeah. So this is a refugee, the, is this one? So for the perp- for Peter Shilton's benefit, right. I'm going to say, Peter Shilton's like the everyman that none of us want to have to meet, isn't he, basically? So, yeah. so, if, so the, the common terms that you hear used are refugees, asylum seeker, um, economic migrant, economic migrant slash migrant, we hear the term illegal immigrant mm-hmm. thrown in there. Or if you, you know, really want to sort of flag up what an arse you have, you just say illegals. Yeah. Without we, yeah. <laughs> anyone who uses that term, that's a red flag. Illegals, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, all these illegals, you know. Um, so we'll, we'll go through them in order. So the, the, the main one, so we'll talk about migrants. So migrant is just someone who moves to a different country. Literally, you know, it's a migrant. We talk migrants exist in all species of animals. You know, there's migrant bird species and all that. It literally means someone who used to be elsewhere and is now here. 
in essence. Also, yeah. I used to be here and used to be somewhere else. Um, and obviously, if it's an immig- Im- immigrant, would mean someone who's moved into the place where yeah. you are. It's all about your perspective. Whereas an, em- an immigrant might be your grandma. My who's son moved... who's in Canada. Yeah, your son who's in Canada, or my parents who live in Tenerife. You know what I mean? They're immigrants. Your call... parents who live where? Tenerife. For half Do a they? year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so that, but they, they would Why be the classed as. Why the hell are we not expats. going to Tenerife? When they're not there. Have they got the house for the six months they're not there? Yeah, yes, they're Why place. don't we just go and do an episode? We can do that if you want. We yeah. should just go and do a week of Tenerife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, did you not know that? No. All right. Well, you do now. Anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they're, they're awesome. emigrants going over there taking you their talking, jobs. keep talking. I will get the old... <laughs> I'm sorry. I pulled your microphone off in my excitement to get on Skyscanner. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, what months are they not here in the country um, what months are they, they are they in England in the summer um, yeah usually yeah I often go over in the summer sometimes they go over so they're normally there I don't want to get you know, so any burglars listening want to come and burgle the house while they're out of this country they're normally there in the winter it's sort of winter there they're like sort of you know Swifts or whatever, yeah. <laughs> right, come on. Tell yeah. us about these. Uh, so, so, that, so that's tell us about these illegals. All right. So, <laughs> now, a, now a refugee is is defined by law. Okay, by international law, right? Which um, where is it here? I've got it. I printed it all out, and now I've lost it. I can't believe you're on there. Just seventeenth of June. Select a return date. Twenty fourth of June. In fact, let's go midweek. Right. So, re- are, you, are you actually genuinely, are you going to leave all this in if you're looking on Sky? Scam, right? <laughs> so, right, refugee. So, the definition of a refugee is according to the 1951 United Nations Convention relating to the status of refugees. Okay, yes. Is a person who, owing to a well-founded fear of being persecuted for reasons of race, religion, nationality, membership of a particular social group or political opinion is outside the country of his nationality and is unable or, owing to such fear, is unwilling to avail himself of the protection of that country or who, not having a nationality and being outside of the country of his former habitual residence as a result of such events, is unable or, owing to such fear, is unwilling to return to it. Now, that's a very wordy definition. Mm. Um, but that is, that is literally what a refugee is. So if you, if you look at... If you look at what uh, what that actually means in practice, is that there are a number of um, different. Uh, there's a few ho- hoops to jump through, basically, in order to to be a refugee, and all of those have to be met, in essence. So it's got to be a well-founded fear. Yeah. Yeah. So gonna, what we're going to do in the, in the coming weeks is break these down into its constituent parts. So there's got to be a well-founded fear of persecution. Okay. I'm predicting it's going to be. Subjective, not objective, that yeah, yeah. test. Um, and it's got to be for one of the convention reasons as well. So it's not yeah. just a fear of persecution per se. Because people persecution don't like for, you, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, to be a, it's got to be on the grounds of race, religion, nationality, social group, or political opinion, okay? Yeah. Um, you have to be outside your own country to be a refugee. You can't be a refugee internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there is no protection for you within your own country, in essence. Or each of those five has to be met in order for you to be a refugee. Um, and, it, and if one of them's not there, then it's gone. So if, the, if there's a fear and all of, the, of persecution for one of the convention reasons, you're outside your own country and there's no protection, 
if that fear isn't well founded, then I'm sorry, but that's not enough. You're not a refugee. Mm. Um, likewise, if there's, you know, it only takes one of them, like, you know, if there is fear of well founded fear of persecution, but the reason for that persecution isn't one of those uh, five qualifying reasons race, religion, nationality, social group, or political opinion, then that's not there. So when I said before about people fleeing a war zone, if you're just fleeing a war zone because there's, there's two sides fighting and you're caught in the crossfire, as it were, um, you're not necessarily being persecuted because of your race, religion, nationality, social group, or political opinion. So you might not actually be a refugee for the purposes of um, of, the, of the actual accepted legal definition. Hmm. Um, and this is when, 51, post-war? 1951. Post-war is meant to deal with, obviously there was lots of displaced people globally because of because of the conflicts, and obviously there was lots of persecution went on as well. That was the, it was the root cause of a lot of, a lot of the... A lot of the fighting, so um, it was meant to give some legal protection to those people because it was, you know, clearly, you know, necessary basically, um, and the, you know, and 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 a recognition of the realities of, of the world as it as it is and, and was then as well. So World Cup coming up in Qatar, yeah, sexuality's not mentioned, so you can't flee on the grounds that if you're gay, you could be killed. Well, you would be a member of a social group. Ah, uh, so I so so that that's it would be. You know, some of some of them are quite even wide. Even that social group doesn't exist because I think that's part of the belief is it's it's not a thing. Like it's a choice. As All in, right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I mean you I mean, are I mean, not sure, born I, like that. You are choosing. But it, to... it would still be a social group if you were choosing. Even if you're choosing to be a member of that right. social group, you know what I mean. So that that would be your membership of a, of, of a social group that. That's quite that. That's the sort of catch-all one to some degree. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. So that that's how, that's how it would be. And, you know, lots of refugees are people from. You know, there's lots of refugees from countries where it's illegal to be to be gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who are gay, and, and that's the reason that they can't go back because actually they can't get the protection in their own homes. So there's some people who you know might meet all the definitions. That's an interesting one about the protection in your own country is that the assessment may well be well actually your own government could protect you from this persecution that you're facing. So, so you know, there is a, you know, it's a real, you know, there's a real risk of persecution. It is about, let's say, your, your religion um, and you're outside your own country. But we've done some research. We know that these protections are in place. So you should go back to your own country and avail of your own, you know, take yourself, take your government's protection rather than seeking out is, is, what, is, what, they would, yeah. is, what, is what might be said. Um, now, what's interesting about all this, though, is that you'll notice in the definition of refugee, it doesn't in any way, in anywhere state that effectively you have to be accepted by the country that you're seeking refuge in, in order to be a refugee, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's what's known as like a, de- it's a declaratory position, in essence. So you say to them, so, I am so a refugee. So if all of these things are met, so if you are a person outside your own country with this well-founded fear of persecution of one of these issues and there's no protection in your own country or your fear is such that you don't want to avail yourself of, of this protection or you can't avail yourself of this protection, then you are a refugee per se. Right, now, one of the, defi- one of the differences between asylum seeker and, and refugee that you'll often hear is that an asylum seeker is someone seeking the asylum of another country, so mm. seeking refuge in this other country. And until such point as they are granted asylum, they're only, they're all they are is a person seeking asylum, which is what charities would say you should say, rather than asylum seeker, which is a dehumanising term, 
um, you know, and is a loaded term in this day and age. Yeah. Um, if you are a person seeking asylum, it puts the person first and makes it a human seeking asylum. Um, just just a little aside there about uh, about the importance. I of didn't the use know of that. Language. That's what um, what you should say. No, no, no. I know exactly. about some of the other ones. You're not allowed to say <laughs> that you used to be able to say <coughs> in the eighties. Like yeah. loads of really good words you can't say. <laughs> all the fun words. Yeah, but it's it's just it's interesting that it's that it's not um, that it's it's not necessarily the case that you're an asylum seeker until you've been granted asylum status, and at that point you are a refugee for the period of time that the country accepts you. Mm. You're a refugee at at the point that these five things exist, and but you're not able to avail yourself of the benefits of being a refugee i.e. the sort of security that goes with being a refugee or should go with being a refugee until the, your, the country you're applying for refuge in accepts that you are a refugee, if that makes sense. And this is all under the 1951? This is the 1951 Act, yeah. So obviously there's different domestic you know, jurisdictions and laws for whichever country it is that someone's in. So let's take the UK one. So what might happen is that somebody will leave. Let's, say, let's take Syria as a good example yep. because that's where lots of people are being displaced from. Um, uh, there's no serious going on because actually there's a civil war going on there. Now some part sides might be targeted by others, but lo- lots of people will be referred to as refugees from Syria. I might not meet this definition actually because they're not being targeted by one particular group or another for any of those reasons. They're just caught in the crossfire. Now they probably will be able to, most will be able to prove some sort of membership of a group which shows they're being targeted either by the government forces or, or the or the people the government are fighting against, you know. Um, so so that'd be the case. But let's say them. So so they they find their way in essence to Britain by whatever means necessary for them to get there, and apply to be a refugee in this country. Now, they like I said, they are a refugee as long as those five things thing. But for our purposes, for our sort of legal processing purposes, they're an asylum seeker at the point that they're asking. They're saying, "Give me asylum." It's not illegal to seek asylum from anywhere. Um, is the, is, the, is for, certainly from not from the signatories the nineteen fifty one convention anyway, um, so if if you seek asylum, so you see the term illegal asylum seeker used, that's an absolutely bogus term. It can't be. It can't be. An asylum seeker is a legal process. You are saying, give me asylum now. What that what should happen in a timely fashion it doesn't happen in a timely fashion because of massive mismanagement by the government. To be honest with you, of of, of the entire sort of like asylum process. What should happen is that you come into the country, you say, I want to asylum here. I'm, I am, let's say, I'm a, I'm a gay man from Iran and I am at risk of being persecuted in Iran. And so you come in, so you, and I want to be here um, in order to, uh, to, to be safe. Um, what the government should do then is that you should be, you will have your, you'll be able to present your case to the Home Office to say, prove that A, so like well-founded fear, you know, prove that you are gay. Some, some, <laughs> um, and and we were laughing there, but I, you know that there are some. Uh, you read horror stories about how these things are, are, are done, and you know people are sort of treated quite quite badly and not believed. You know, there's a starting point that we don't believe you. I'm sorry, but if you're allowed to laugh at a firework man <laughs> blowing himself up, the fact that you've got to prove that you're gay yeah, in yeah. Whitehall yeah. is a funny. We can yeah, laugh yeah. at that exactly. Too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, um, be able to. It's got to prove that you're gay. Prove you know, and then prove that you're from Iran. I suppose you know. Prove, you know, I prove all of these things to 
thing. And it's really hard to get because most people fleeing somewhere, you know, don't you know they don't have a suitcase with all the documents in or whatever, you know. So it, it can be difficult to get the mm. to get the evidence. And we, what we're going to look at in the coming episodes is the actual procedure how you would do that. Um, and, and what the evidential burdens are and, and so on and so forth. Is the standard of proof the same as a standard civil, you know, as a usual civil standard of balance of probabilities or is it weighted more in favour of the home office or of, or of the applicant or, or whatever? You know, there's, there's lots of different um, issues at play here. Well, if you think it takes... if There's hundreds of examples on Twitter and the newspapers. Pensioner falls, breaks ankle, waits eight hours for an ambulance. Yeah. Footballer, there was a really famous one. Some fellas playing Sunday league football and the dog is so snorry and so asleep in every episode, but she just won't. She likes to be here in case one of us has got food. So she just has yeah. to stay here and she'll just nag constantly. Some footballer broke his leg and they had to put a tent over him and he had to wait overnight. So he broke his leg in the afternoon on a wet pitch. They built a, put a tent round him. You know what you'd build as a kid with like a clothes horse? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And they put blankets on him and they took turns, the family took turns at waiting with him. And I think it was the, the day after or something, the ambulance right. came. They couldn't move him because he'd broken his leg. Yeah. And it, uh, I don't know. So imagine if that's the NHS that's very... That's used by people that vote. Yes. And yeah. it's very easy to go. Do you know, when Auntie Edna fell over, she did this. Well, that's not right if you're in the home counties. Imagine what it's like in Kent at... Uh, imagine what it's like in prison. Imagine what it's like in, yeah, at the yeah. asylum offices. Yes. Yeah. If the stuff that's really well, visible isn't working. Yeah, well, I mean, the story's coming out now, isn't there, about this place in, in Manston, is it called, where, which is basically like a concentration yeah, camp the, yeah. with children in there, and it's horrific. Yeah. It's absolutely horrific. And like, the point of this is that to show, actually, that the, these A, are human beings that are in there, you know, that's the starting point. People seem to forget that, you know? Yeah. Um, and that not only that, they are, they are, by definition, lots of them refugees. Because, you know, you hear people saying that, well, th these are, most of these are bogus asylum seekers, blah, blah, But they're like the most recent figures to the year ending June 2022. So, th so this year, up until, you know, the middle of this year, 76% of initial decisions granted, resulting in a grant of asylum or other form of protection for people seeking asylum in this country. So the majority of people claiming asylum, and it's not an easy process to get through, no. as we discussed. The majority of people actually are granted asylum. So With that proof you say, gay test for a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got past the first two stages, <laughs> but the third one, I couldn't do that. But uh, the um, so you know, so you go through this process of proving all of that, um, and most of them are able to prove it, despite yeah. you know the there being a lot of hurdles to get over. So when so we can say quite safely that we have actual refuge child refugees, you know who should be protected under international law, treated like as, as prisoners, or even actually have with fewer rights than prisoners. Mm. Some are GPS tagged, you know, and it's very, you know, if so, they're either put in a concentration camp or they're given subject to constant surveillance in a way that registered sex offenders aren't, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's frankly, I think it's appalling, but that's just my personal view. Um, and I don't understand how you wouldn't think it was appalling, but, you know, well, uh, Peter Shilton. Peter Shilton does. Thinks does he? you're appalling. Yeah. And well, thinks you, know, you should be tagged. Peter Shilton 
grasping for reason, like he tries to grasp it. <laughs> Maradona's. Maradona's ankles. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so that's, the, that's the difference. So Which is another one of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, one of Maradona's ankle grabbers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, like, so, like, the point of refugee being declaratory, though, is an interesting point, because I, I'd fallen into the sort of simplistic view of, like, it's an asylum, you know, you, you're effectively a person being persecuted, and then you leave, then you become an asylum seeker, and then you possibly become a refugee. You know, that was my view. But actually, you're a refugee as soon as you leave your country and yeah. all the other things apply to you. You have to be a, yeah. So, so, so there's, a good, there's a good point. In the um, paragraph 28 of the UNHCR handbook, it states that a person is a refugee within the meaning of the 1951 convention as soon as he fulfills the criteria contained in the definition. This would necessarily occur prior to the time at which the refugee status is formally determined. Um, recognition of his refugee status does not therefore make him a refugee, but declares him to be one. He does not become a refugee because of recognition, but he is recognised because he is a refugee. So, you know, a refugee is a refugee is a refugee. You yeah. know, that's, the, that's, the, that's the main point from that. Um, so that so there's some some different terms. So there's there's an, there's an interesting you see, you see some arguments there, and like I say, what we're going to do is, is look at the it's consti- the, the constituent parts of the definition of a refugee. But I think we should we should be fairly clear now that sort of asylum seeker is, is just is like a, a legal process type position, as it were. Yeah. Um, but and it, and is used as a shorthand, and the press basically misreports on this sort of thing all the time. They call people refugees who aren't. People fleeing wars aren't, aren't necessarily refugees, or there's no issue with calling them refugees. It's fine. They, you know, they refer to people as being asylum. They refer to illegal asylum, illegal asylum seekers, which is wrong. You know, there's, there's and you've not of, done economic migrants yet. No, no. So what well, is economic migrants? Are just people who move. So migrants are someone who moves somewhere somewhere else. Just economic migrants. People who move. Like your parents. People. Yeah, yeah. People. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or my, no, they or, are migrants. Well, my granddad was a, is an economic migrant. He came from Ireland to this country to to get better paid work. Literally, that's all it is. Mm. You know, it's and and that's people sort of saying these are just economic migrants. These people, as though they should be allowed to drown in the English Channel. You know, <laughs> it's like well, that's like saying if someone gets killed on the way to work, you know, well, he was only on the motorway so that he could make some money. So fuck him. I'm not. I've not. Yeah. Been so it's yeah. That's literally an economic migrant. It's someone who moves somewhere for for work. It's not even drowned, is it? People would go further than that and have the navy. Shoot. Oh yeah, they would have they would have boats patrolling. I've heard pleasant little old men come out with mm. the most horrific things about yeah. um, refugees and people in in little boats, and I find it quite shocking to be honest. When you hear it, I, think, oh, I thought you were nice bloke who has the allotment plot next to me. <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah. Yeah. they're the worst ones, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's a, here's a good one. Like, so I've heard just as a keep, you know, just as a, as a final thing. But you know. Because and and this is part of it. It links into the economic migrant thing. But asylum seekers just want to come here to get free stuff and benefits. You know, that's that's the sort of thing that you hear. Um, and it's quite clear that actually that's not the case. Genuinely, asylum seekers are seeking a bit of security and somewhere to somewhere to you know to some some safety is what they yeah. want. It's safety, I think they want. To. They probably and it's like they probably don't know anything about benefits. Is the other thing I was thinking this like yeah exactly. I I, I li- I've lived in this country for. Have you years. ever been on benefits? No, I have literally no idea what I'll be entitled to. I have. I would have no idea how to go about <clears throat> claiming it. Blah blah. I don't know anything about the benefit system in any other country in the world. There is no way people in Sudan know about how a, how a benefit system. No, they don't. Literally none. 
so I was on them for probably, I think, three or four goals. I, think, I can't even remember if it was bi-weekly or... I think you had to sign on every other week. Uh, and I signed on at Middleton Job Centre when I finished university and I couldn't get a job. Um, so I had a law degree. They were sending me for jobs where, one, I worked in a mill for a... It wasn't even a job. It was via... Because it's different. No internet. And it was via one of these agencies. And after I'd done the first day, and it was awful, it was like a 10-hour day, everything about it was just really grotty. It was pretty dangerous. It was quite high up where you were loading these vans off, and there was, you could have just fallen off at any point, and I nearly did. It was really heavy work, and I figured out that after my bus fare, by if I did the full day the day after, that would pay my fees for the agency right. and my bus fare. So then that meant Wednesday, Thursday, Friday would all be my money. So but by then I would have worked, I don't know, let's say 16, I was probably not 20, but it was really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. And so then you do that, and then if you'd, once you'd taken that job, that was the one that got me off the doll. But it was a case of you had to take that job or else they'd stop your doll. And I think it was, would it be... £48 a week, or was it £36 a week? That's 30 years ago. So I've no possible idea what it is now. No. None. And so I've been on it, and I live here, and I've got Twitter, and I still have no idea. Exactly. Me, yeah, I've, I've no idea. So All the idea, the idea that old, my people, info. idea that people do, people, other people in Albania, like, or yes. Sudan, whatever. It's quick, go on the gov.co.uk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's nonsense. Oh God, I might be eligible for it's a like, free I, council out here. In... Using .gov.uk for anything is virtually impossible. It's like, oh. I, I just, I actually, I don't want to, but I'm legally obliged to pay my tax. Why yes. are you making it difficult it's for me to do so it? It's impossibly hard. You know, but, um, yeah, so the, there's no way that they know that. You know what I mean? It's nonsense. Like, if people get trafficked here, they get told one thing. They're told lies by the traffickers. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not, they, yeah, they're not doing it like for that reason at all. No. Plus, they don't get anything anyway when they're here. They're not entitled to, there's, there's all these myths about, they live in hotels and why they don't stay in France. As though, like, well, I don't think they're in La Rochelle in France. You know what I mean? No. Sort of like, and live, and, and, and they're staying in hotels. They're not staying in the, you know, the Waldorf or the Ritz or whatever. They're staying six to a room in some dump of a hotel that can't get any other customers. You yeah. Know? Like, is, is the thing. It's not. And Farage will be battering down. You've got, you got to put up with Farage and other right wing nutters coming <laughs> banging on, on the door. the door. Oh, and then, but he's firework guy. Swat again. You Imagine know? that, you've just got off of the boat and you're like, whoa, look at this, they've put on a bit of a show. Yeah, I'm yeah. gone. And Those like... fireworks are a bit close. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like mo- most people that are seeking asylum, A, they're not allowed to work. So they're, in, they're forced to live on benefits. They live in abject poverty. I know this guy. I live in a town that is a gateway town. We have a lot of asylum seekers, people seeking asylum in Bolton, you know. And it's like, and I know people who, who work alongside them for charities. And they live in, they get these sort of tokens where they're only allowed to pay on certain things. I had to pay for a woman's crayons. I had yeah. to buy some crayons for a son. And the woman at Dory Express went, no, you can't use that for this. And I was like, yeah. well, there you go. There's a pound for a crayons, you miserable bitch. Yeah, you know? it's really... It was like really, like, it really pissed me off. So, so I, on a positive note, because my wife deals with a lot of this at school as well, and some of the Syrian ones two years ago, uh, or maybe one year ago, just after COVID, were some of the saddest, most horrific, these women coming over with kids and what the kids had seen, what the mum had been through in front of the kids. Yeah, yeah. It was so awful. 
but there are loads of really good people like the school, you know, loads of the school uniform suppliers, how they're only really busy for one week of the year and stuff like that. Well, quite often, this dude who keeps looking for my, is he looking for me? We're trying to record a legal podcast here. <laughs> and um, they give loads of stuff. So the school right. has got tokens and sort of funding. The school's also got funds that, like PTAs, when they have like bring them by, they, they keep some aside for the real emergency cases, knowing they'll be, because half the kids are at food banks and half the kids are this. So the school also tries to keep aside bits of money for real extreme cases, knowing that there'll be stuff that, that drops off. And if you've got some new kids coming in and you go and try to buy them uniform from the uniform shop, nearly always when you go in and explain, the uniform people donate. There's oh, right, okay. tons of that goes on. That's good. Tesco's are quite good at that. They yeah. always have got people who just give you stuff. Same yeah, with yeah. Asda. Yeah. So it's not all... It's not well, all the whole country, No, the whole country literally is like, seems to be like working thanks to kindness and charity. Yeah. When yeah. it shouldn't be. Where's that <laughs> 37 billion pound test and trace money when you I'm need wet. it? Oh, yeah. I was waiting for Jacob Rees-Mogg to write to me with my Brexit benefits that are going to come in my way. But, yeah, it's awful, isn't it? So, yeah. so, we, so should we leave it here? I think we should leave it there because we can come on to it. We'll go on to a, a more in-depth uh, look at those, those of what you have to do to prove those five things, basically. Yes. Um, but, it, but I will also I'll leave you with this, though. This is something that I wanted to say the other day, is that if you hit, overhear old blokes in the pub talking about Thing is, though, we've got a, we've got too many people here. We've got a growing population, and that's the issue. That's why we can't thing it. You need to point out to them that the reason that we have a growing population, or there's too many people here, is not because of birth rates or because of immigration. It's because people are living longer. It is. The, that's literally it. You can prove that massively. So maybe they might want to think about that. Those old fuckers in the pub. You know? Well, there's also <laughs> the other way. I think in the next fifty years, the, the figures start to reverse when they all die. Yeah, exactly. People. And we'll have a shrinking. So population. we're in real trouble <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, exactly. In another fifty years, it'll be the this yeah. podcast will be going out to six people. <laughs> <laughs> One in Canterbury, there, our nearest listener. <laughs> Some gay fella in Iran who couldn't pass a test. <laughs> oh, there would just be no one left. Well, luckily, with a bit of luck, planet will be so hot and we'll use everything by then anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, hopefully. Um, right. Do you... I got some amazing dolphin from Aldi. Do you want a dolphin sandwich? Oh, not won't say no to a dolphin sandwich. <laughs> what sort of bread is it? Uh, it's poor people. Just, just poor up. people. Yeah, just, poor people. Bread. You remember like the, the giant fee 5 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just get poor people now and grind up the bones. Perfect. <laughs>